Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to episode 42 of The History of Skipton, with me, Ian Lockwood, author of the book, The History of Skipton. And this episode concludes a segment on education in the town, with a look at how adults have been educated. Now, Victorian society was founded on the tenets of self-help and improvement. If the poor were at least partly to blame for their predicament, then, so the theory went, there should be opportunities for the working man to better himself. And it was a settled man called George Birkbeck who put in place the structure to turn theory into practice as the founder of the Mechanics Institute movement, the first one of which appeared in Glasgow in 1821. The principle was to provide courses, lectures, books, pamphlets and magazines in order to educate the working man and keep him out of the pub. An article published in the Craven Herald of April the 5th, 1901, relates how four men started up the Skipton Mechanics Movement between 1846 and 1850. It seems the article is based on an interview with the sole surviving memory of the quartet, Jonathan Trees, who lived in Empsey. The article states that a second-hand bookshop owner in Sheep Street allowed an upstairs room to be used as a library. However, as more men became attracted, they quickly outgrew the facility and the movement obtained use of a private school in the Hole in the Wall Yard off High Street. Local solicitor George Kendall had come on board as secretary, but when they tried to hold their first meeting in their new home, they could not gain possession due to a misunderstanding. So a ladder was acquired and the group entered through the loft and spent most of the meeting clearing away what had been left by the school. The Herald reported, George Kendall read those first minutes while lying on the floor, nearly smothered with dust, for no tables or chairs could they find. This was the official origin of the Skipton Mechanics Institute. The Institute was formally inaugurated on August 12, 1847, and its stated its objective was the instruction of members in the principles of the useful and ornamental arts and in other branches of knowledge, together with their rational amusement and the cultivation of their tastes. Key members of the town society were on the first Skipton Mechanics Committee. There was lawyer Henry Alcock of Airville, the first president. Fees were set at one shilling and nine pence, that's nine pence in new money, to join, and seven shillings, 35 pence, annual subscription. Not an insignificant sum in those days for the working man, but even so, 
The movement had 144 members a year after its formation, and 156 by 1852. Your membership brought you access to books, journals, newspapers and magazines, plus enrolment on any courses. You could attend classes in drawing, writing, arithmetic, grammar, geography, French, advanced mathematics, history and reading. Public lectures were also arranged on such widely different subjects as obscure inventors or woman, her position in society or the young man of the past and present. However, interest in the activities of the Skipton Mechanics Institute declined in the 1850s. The author of the movement's centenary history A.M. Gibbon, put it down to working people being put off by having to get dressed up to meet middle-class people. If he is right, then the Institute had become a library and discussion centre for the middle class. The working class felt uncomfortable. However, a revival came when the Mechanics Institute inaugurated a series of penny readings in 1860. These were a, so a series of social gatherings for an assortment of poem and prose readings interspersed with music held at various venues across the town. The Skipton Mechanics Institute space, with its reading room filled with suitable books and newspapers, moved from building to building throughout these early years. It had no permanent base of its own and used that room in the, off Hall in the Wall Yard, and then a former laundry in Chancery Lane, and then to the old town hall on Sheep Street. In 1887, a public meeting to discuss how to commemorate Queen Victoria's 50 years on the throne was chaired by John Bonnie Dewhurst, who hoped to use the opportunity to provide an infectious diseases hospital for the town. But his call found little support as, instead, a resolution from Major Robinson, a colleague of Dewhurst's on the local Board of Health, was adopted. Major Robinson proposed providing a new headquarters for the Skipton Mechanics Institute, whose work educating the working man was universally acclaimed. The Major is reported as telling them a meeting that the Skipton Mechanics Institute had been struggling for 40 years, always in buildings inadequate for its requirements, always getting into debt and out of it as best it could. At the present time, he believed the classrooms were crowded and uncomfortable, if not unhealthy, and the fact of their being crowded showed there was a desire on the part of the young people to take advantage of them. So, a committee was set up to raise the funds, and it soon announced success. Lord Hoffield of Skipton Castle, agreed to sell the committee three shops on the high street at a cost of £1,500. However, he set the ball rolling by pledging £300 and within weeks a further £1,100 was raised towards the estimated final bill of £6,500. And so the Skipton Mechanics Building was opened on September the 28th 1894 by Lady Hoffield. 
The three shops were to keep their frontage until their lease ran out. But behind them was the building which now forms part of today's High Street campus of Craven College. The shops were to remain there for another 14 years until the construction of the library as part of the building in 1908. The main part of this new building, which is the biggest on the high street, was called the Skipton Mechanics Science and Art School. And it had a lecture hall, which could seat 180 students. It had three departments, the art department, the science department, which ran classes in geometry, machine construction, building construction, mathematics, applied mechanics, electricity, inorganic chemistry and physiography. And it also had a technical department, which ran courses in shorthand, commercial arithmetic, bookkeeping, French, dressmaking and wood carving. The body had a, the strong support of the Skipton public, as evidence from a grand bazaar held over three days in the town hall to raise the outstanding £2,000 to pay off all debts and ensure that the Skipton Mechanics Science and Arts School started off without any debt. The new college, as I shall now call it, to avoid confusion as that is the name which modern Skiptonians know it as, was run by a group of trustees from the Mechanics Institute and representatives of Skipton Urban District Council, formed in the same year as the college building opened. The council provided financial assistance, although these early years were financially difficult as the trustees struggled to meet running costs. Even so, it managed to run an ever-widening range of courses, including some specifically for employees of Dewhurst Mill and for soldiers injured in the First World War. The West Riding County Council took over inspection, finance and management roles under the terms of the 1902 Education Act, and the building was renamed the Skipton Art and Science School. However, the Skipton Mechanics and their trustees retained ownership of the building until 1965, which was the year they sold the property to the council for £32,500. The Skipton Mechanics still exist, although these days their role is to administer grants from the proceeds of investments from the sale of the building. And each year, Skipton Mechanics distribute grants of around £25,000 for educational purposes to schools, groups and individuals. If anybody listening would like to take advantage of these grants, you can find an application form and the rules by googling Skipton Mechanics. But back to the college, which from 1902, as I've said, was run by the county council. The new college seemed a step away from the original intention of the Mechanics Institute founders to provide a haven for private research and discussion for working men. And so this was the motive 
behind the formation of Skipton Adult School, started in 1906 by Fred Dodson, the deputy council clerk. The adult school gave lectures with a Christian slant, but on non-sectarian and non-political topics. It also held regular whist drives and teas to raise funds. The first home of the Skipton Adult School was in rooms in the old British school on Otley Street, but, just like the mechanics, it wandered around the town, first to Mill Bridge, then into the old Ermistead's Grammar School in 1914. When the grammar school's owners, the council, wanted the premises to house its electricity plant, the committee purchased land on Hothfield Terrace for its own permanent base. This was a leap of faith, as the cost was £800, at a time when the adult school committee had just £30 in hand. A series of fundraising events paid off the debt, but by 1934, numbers were in decline. The Skipton Adult School presented itself as solidly working class, and its lectures reflected the growing political conflict of the 1930s. The renowned academic Arthur Raystrick was an ardent socialist, and he said at the adult school's annual meeting in 1934, We are at a crossroads. We must choose between a large body which can discuss almost anything without offending anyone's feelings and a small body of really sincere believers in the fundamental principles of the movement. If you are sincere, you are certain to be labelled socialist or Bolshevik or even worse by people who do not understand our principles which frankly revolve in the same way as the principles which Christ brought. The Second World War meant the suspension of meetings of Skipton Adult School and it never seems to have resurfaced after the war. Its building on Hoffield Terrace, just off Carlton Road, was, was sold to a revivalist evangelical Christian organisation and it remains a religious centre today. Meanwhile, the Science and Art College on the High Street was going from strength to strength. In 1911, it appointed its first principal, William Shuttleworth, the college's arts teacher, who also taught at Ermisteads. An inspection of 1920 painted a positive picture. The staff consisted of two regular and three visiting, i.e. part-time, teachers. There were 107 students attending. The inspectors concluded, The school to all appearances is in a healthy condition. The principal's knowledge of art and his enthusiasm for the development of art education have contributed in no small degree to the success of the school since its establishment. Shuttleworth died in 1924 and the college managers appointed Hugh Llewellyn, principal of Poole School of Art, as his successor. It was under him that the college began to put more emphasis on skills directly relevant to the town's textile trade, buying or sometimes begging equipment. 
The college also put on its first recorded recreational classes, the Appreciation of Music, they were called, in 1931. But at the outbreak of World War II, it remained primarily a supplier of vocational art and technical courses, with agriculture making its first appearance on the prospectus in 1939. By 1940, the college was split into three main areas. The top floor of the building was the art department, while the technical and domestic department occupied the middle and most of the bottom floors. In addition, there were two evening schools held at Brougham Street and Christchurch schools. These were aimed at school leavers, furthering their technical, commercial or domestic learning. The war caused some disruption to the college. For example, the air raid wardens were based in the High Street building. But essentially, the college continued to function, providing art and vocational courses. In the post-war years, the importance of art gradually declined. Instead, technical and commercial courses came to the fore. However, the importance of the art department should not be underestimated. It was renowned for the high quality of its work, with the examples of work from some of the artists who trained there featuring in the town museum and at the town council. In 1953, Principal John Midgley was retiring. Until then, all the principals had been art tutors, but the prospectus for the academic year 1954-55 listed 15 technical tutors and just seven art teachers. Full-time art courses were then transferred to Keithley, although part-time and recreational art classes continued in Skipton. As if to emphasise the downgrading of art's importance, the new principal was a teacher of English, William Blake, the first non-artist, and another name change soon followed. No longer the Skipton Art School and Technical Institute, the college was now the Craven Institute for Further Education. Another shift in emphasis was the slant towards evening classes, although the most popular proved to be leisure or hobby-based rather than vocational courses as had been hoped. Skipton was also the centre of a network of courses, with a range of classes in most village halls throughout the district. By the 1970s, the traditional picture of the college had emerged, a centre by day for students taking technical and agricultural courses, with a hectic schedule in the evening for those who could not secure day release, or were just seeking to take up a new hobby. To some extent, this picture survived long into the 20th century, even though the withdrawal of public financial support had forced up the prices of these hobby courses to the point that most had been abandoned. However, the college is ever evolving offering a wide range of courses in the late 20th century, which included O-levels, agricultural courses, domestic, clerical, art, mechanical and catering. 
Until 1972, the entrance to the building was down the ginnel at its side. What we consider today to be the main entrance was a furniture shop called Wildman's. But Wildman's closed in 1972 and the college entrance was created through the ground floor of the modern library until the current main entrance was reconstituted and opened in 1982. Yet more local government reorganisation in 1974 saw the college pass into the hands of North Yorkshire County Council and another name change, this time to Craven College of Adult Education. By 1976, there were 100 full-time students with catering and home management and family care, i.e. what we now call care work, new courses on offer. Some might describe this as the golden era of the college in that its range of recreational evening courses was surprising to modern eyes. Among the courses on offer to the population of Skipton were poultry keeping, antiques, music sight reading, Scottish country dancing, winemaking and car maintenance for women. The college was proving increasingly popular and the high street building was not large enough to cope with growing demand. Prefabricated units on the Bailey, where the building society is now based, had been put up by the Education Authority as early as 1948. They housed motor and agricultural machinery courses. The growing pressure on space saw the demise of the much-loved college lecture theatre in 1976. It had been a useful home for a wide range of societies such as the Craven Naturalists and the Skipton History Society. It was home also to orchestras and singing groups and even the Craven Music Festival. But it was levelled and turned into classrooms. The 1985 academic year started with 260 full-time students and more than a 1,000 part-time day release students, with more than 2,500 adult students, most of them at evening classes. So that's nearly 4,000 people were attending the college in that year. Of course, not all of them were studying in Skipton, but most were. And under Principal Kath Hillman, there was a campaign for new premises. Over the years, the college has occupied temporary additional space in Coach Street, at Nine High Street, behind the Town Hall and even in the Black Horse Pub. Land-based courses were taking place on the Bailey in old huts and portable buildings. When Skipton Building Society also rapidly outgrowing its headquarters, cast its eyes round for a suitable site on which it could expand, they landed on the Bailey. Money realised by the sale of that site to the building society provided the key to unlocking the development of Airville, next to Airville Secondary School. Work started on the college's air block in 1989 and it was opened in 1990. The college was still based chiefly on the high street, but at least modern classrooms were now available. 
However, airblock was to be only a temporary solution. In 1993, colleges were taken out of local authority control. They were now fully independent and funded direct from the government. The catch was that colleges were expected to expand rapidly by 30% or face cuts in their funding. Craven College suddenly was too small and looking to expand. The then college principal, Ian Prescott, thought he had the answer with a scheme to move into the former workhouse and recently closed Rakeswood Hospital on Gargrave Road. By now, the college had 609 full-time and 4,179 part-time students. But the government turned down its proposals to fund the move, prompting the outspoken Mr Prescott to label the decision as short-sighted and a bitter blow. Since then, the college has added four new blocks to its Airville site, without ever coming close to being a one-stop institution. Building courses took place on Snagel Industrial Estate. Land-based courses were down the hill at Skipton Auction Mart. Catering and hair and beauty courses were on the original High Street building. There was even a department connected with the airline trade based at Leeds and Bradford Airport. But the wheel has now come full circle. In 2019, the college announced its intention to sell off its High Street building and focus all teaching in Skipton at Airville or the Auction Mart. As I speak, the High Street building remains for sale. Now, that brings an end to this segment on education. And a few people have been asking me if I'm going to do any of the early history of Skipton, you know, the castle, the civil war. Well, next time I'll be talking about Skipton in 1066 and the people who built the castle. So most of my episodes so far have been covering the emergence of the town we know today from the Victorian period onwards. We'll get down and dirty with medieval Skipton. And I'll be pointing out how Skipton has a strong link with virtually every major date in English history. Bannockburn, Agincourt, the dissolution of the monasteries, the Spanish Armada and the Civil War all have strong Skipton connections. Find out more next time and thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go on the website www.historyofskipton.co.uk where there's a button which will send an email directly to me. And if you're enjoying this series, please let friends and acquaintances know. Thank you for listening. Mary 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.